Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. It's February 16th. 600 and another remarkable event is about to be uncovered by Ariel, Rebecca, and Ali. The Retrospectors. By 600 AD, Pope Gregory had been on the papal throne for a full decade, decreeing this and sanctifying that. But it was on this day that he made arguably his most significant contribution to history when, according to some historians at least, he issued a papal edict ordering everyone within earshot of a sneeze to immediately issue a short three-word prayer. And those three words were, of course, God bless you. I mean, he did invent the Gregorian chant as well. I'm not sure if Catholics would agree that this is his most significant contribution. I just feel like the nature of Gregorian chant is you can't really single-handedly invent it. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's a team team effort. It was all major keys before then. <laughs> Welcome to the church. Have a pew. That's how it used to begin. <laughs> Weirdly, though, he wasn't responsible for the Gregorian calendar. That was a different Pope Gregory, uh, someone who came later on. He had a lot on his plate with the whole sneezing Mm. and the Gregorian chanting. That's true. You know, we can't expect everything. (laughs) I suppose the sneezing thing is interesting, though, because I think your average man or woman in the street, uh, I'm going to expand on my own experience and assume everyone identifies with me, that's how I work, (laughs) uh, would say that God bless you, if you said where does that come from, they'd probably know enough. Because you hear about ring a ring of roses, don't you? And that whole a mm. tissue, a tissue, we all fall down thing coming from the plague. I think they probably know enough that it was rooted in the history of a horrible illness. But I think yeah. they probably would think that it was the plague. But actually, this is 500 years prior to that. So it was a plague. This was part of the plague of Rome, which kind of went on and off during this period. And actually, Gregory I's predecessor had died Uh, in 1590 of this very same plague. And although we don't have any documented evidence of Gregory compelling the faithful to say, God bless you, he was definitely interested in anti-plague measures. One of the first things he did was organise a three-day procession through the streets of Rome, ending at the Basilica of Santa Maria Maggiore to ask for the Virgin Mary's protection and deliverance from the plague. Although, according to the chronicler Gregory of Tours, at least 80 participants in the procession died of the swift-acting disease in over the three days. Gregory believed he saw a vision of the Archangel Michael sheathing his sword atop what was then the Emperor Hadrian's mausoleum, later renamed, if you go to Rome now you'll see it as you go over the bridge, it's called the Castel Sant'Angelo, the Castle of the Holy Angel, a sign that God's wrath had ended, he believed, and whether or not you believe that, that particular plague wave then did die down. Herdos Immunitus. David Myers, who's a professor of history at Fordham University in the States, said that Pope Gregory was hoping that if a sneezing person was bombarded with enough blessings, the collective prayers, that that between them this good vibes that they'd send to that person would prevent the full onset of some sort of deadly disease or others. I feel like we're edging close to saying that Gregory invented manifesting. He's like, I left manifest not having the bubonic plague. (laughs) I don't quite understand, though, what you were preventing from happening by saying God bless you? Because I'd always assumed as much as I had thought about it that it was 
an incantation to mean God protect you from the illness you appear to be exhibiting. You appear to have something wrong with you. I hope you don't die from it. That makes sense. But then you read other things about it, and some people say that it's because, at the time, obviously rudimentary understanding of science, people thought that your heart stops when you sneeze, Mm. or that um, you have an evil spirit inside you that is attempting to leave the body. And so God bless you doesn't just mean I hope you get better. It means sort of, oh, I hope you continue to live in eternity after you die and that this soul-snatching devil inside you isn't going to dominate <laughs> your, your system. It's good to have a convenient three-word version of that. Yeah, I mean, I know <laughs> a lot of religious superstition seems a bit nuts when you spell it out, but I can't get along with it because <laughs> the soul is such an important concept in Christianity. It's such a crucial theological touchstone that yeah. you can live in eternity after you die. It seems insane that those people would believe you could sneeze it out. well it's kind of like yawning i guess it's like a a weird frequent bodily function that doesn't have an intuitive purpose and in like a pre-scientific era you can't explain what it's for so it's Mm. it was apt to be the subject of folklore but you're right that it seems to have developed two very contradictory interpretations you've got the ominous omen you know of illness or anything else sinister to be countered with a blessing but you've also got it as a sign of divine favor so like in some cultures you say gesundheit which i always thought meant like you, hopefully your health gets better but apparently sneezing itself was seen as a sign of health and also in ancient Greece yeah. sneezing was seen as a sign of approval from the gods is a bit in the Odyssey where somebody says something and then sneezes and they're like oh the gods must approve of what he said so it's really strange that it seems to have developed very contradictory interpretations. That's particularly interesting given that I, I did some research into what people say around the world and the Hungarian thing that people say sometimes is igaz, which confirms to the, that the person who was just speaking was telling the truth. So that must have some connection to that Homer uh, myth. But it is interesting to see how many countries do say some version of, in fact, not necessarily God bless you, but something to do with health. You know, there's the, the sort of gesundheit. Go on. What are the kinky ones on your list, Arian? What's a weird country where the foreigners say something odd. <laughs> okay, well, so Burmese people say tabor put pila, which means understood or got it. In in Hindi, you say shatam jiva, which means live a hundred years. And in Serbia, uh, people sometimes say to children pismako, which means literally go away kitten, uh, as the sound of a sneeze is meant to sound something like a cat coughing. <laughs> so that's a weird one. Okay, I've got some. When a child sneezes in China, he or she will hear bai soi which means may Mm -hmm. you live 100 years. In Tanzania, they say be cured, and then the sneezer has to say back whilst recovering from the sneeze, all of us. (laughs) (laughs) Which puts a bit of performative pressure on you having done a sneeze, but it's a nice community (laughs) idea, isn't it? I like the Kurdish one. We've already been talking about how sneezing has contradictory interpretations and the Kurdish response seems to take those on board because it sits on the fence. You say, God willing, it will be a good thing. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> in Russia, after children are given the traditional response Budzodorov, be healthy, they are also told Rosti Bolshoi, grow big. Wow. Because <laughs> you might be stunted by your sneeze in some way. And apparently sneezing during a prayer is viewed in the Talmud as a sign that God has heard the prayer and will answer it. There you go hmm. again. I guess what all of these weird little performances after a sneeze have in common is that they're short. The way superstition works throughout history is... People don't want to try the counterexample, do they? They just think, mm. well, there's no harm. You know, or, yeah. as an article that I found in The Sun put it in 2016, if that tiny phrase can save you from an eternity being ruled by the devil, then why not give it a go? 
<laughs> yeah, that seems that seems worth it. I mean, there was a there was a more sort of prosaic explanation given by Frank Farley, uh, a psychology professor at Temple University, speculating on why we do this, why we say anything when someone sneezes, and we don't, for example, when someone coughs. He was sort of speculating that there's a few things going on there that it's a conditioned response that because people say thank you after someone says bless you, then it serves as a sort of reinforcement. There's a social contagion explanation, or one of the things I like was. Uh, the idea that it's a, a version of micro-affection, like the opposite of a micro-aggression, that when you share that <laughs> moment with someone and someone says to you, you know, like when you sneeze on the tube or whatever and someone who you don't know says, bless you, yeah. there is a nice little shared thing that goes on there. So I think, yeah, I think there is some sort of social either pressure or sort of, I don't know, extension of friendship that's going on in the in this exchange. But also, it's worth considering the counter, isn't it? Because if you don't say anything, there's a moment of awkwardness. Yes. Like, I, I sometimes go to a steam room and I lie down and I put my legs in the air to stretch out and the vacuum cause between my lower back and the plastic of the seat <laughs> emanates what it's sounds so like a really wet fart. And there is a moment of awkwardness as people hear this noise coming off me. Everyone knows it's suction-based. But if someone doesn't make a joke, oh, pardon you, it's actually worse. It's worse. It just yeah. hangs yeah. in the air. Yeah. Better to say something. So, though, to return to whether or not Pope Gregory did actually say this. <laughs> oh, yeah. Mm, I, I build, think that is I'm building, I'm building my case. Uh -huh. One okay. thing we know is that he did like omens, and the form of omen that he liked particularly was puns. There is a historical account of him abandoning a journey when a locust landed on his Bible, which he interpreted as a divine message because the Latin for locust is locusta, and he read it as loco star, meaning stay in place, and decided to oh. turn back and cancel his journey. I mean, the simplest explanation is probably the right one, isn't it? Which is to go back to the prehistory of the plague around this and specifically the plague that it was which was the plague of Justinian in 541 mm. second shout out to the emperor Justinian on this show in 2022 what's up Justinian he'd love this <laughs> which was a particularly grim one Procopius says it was killing 10,000 people per day in Constantinople alone you know there was no room to bury the dead bodies were left stacked out in the open funeral rites were left unsaid that was a pretty serious event and the pope needed to to rise to that and say something and, like, popes are good at saying, God bless you. I mean, it doesn't seem That's true. that preposterous an explanation, does it? I do still think organising a big rally outdoors when there's a, some sort of an airborne plague going on and packing people tightly into the streets is not the best policy to deal with this thing. Pope Gregory, super spreader. Yeah. <laughs> Tomorrow. Its name is Herbie and it's a love bug and it has nothing to do with Nazi Germany. <laughs> Ditch the ads and get a Sunday episode when you join Club Retrospectors. Subscribe now on Apple Podcasts, part of the ACAST Creator Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.